Can you believe that? Unreal. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Black Ink Podcast. This is the episode number 49. I would like to officially welcome you. I'm your gracious host, Jake Kerr. Firstly, my apologies for not posting yesterday, but fuck it, we're here and we're doing it. I recorded this fucking... I don't even want to talk about yesterday. Let's just move on. You know something? I was talking to a friend of mine this morning. Mm. Luckily, he lives in Melbourne, so I get to make these ridiculous calls at five o'clock in the morning. It's still like seven o'clock in the morning for him, but the fact is like... I'm firing at five o'clock, so I actually get to like, I kind of use that energy and, and like, also, there's friends that I like talking to, but sometimes you feel like it's hard to have conversations with them in the afternoon because typically by the afternoon, I've been awake since silly o'clock this morning and I don't have the energy, you know? It's like, even though I have the enthusiasm, I don't have the, the pure energy to talk to them. So you end up having this half conversation where it's just kind of you half giving point sort of thing and not really like elaborating on points properly but it was good this morning I got to have this conversation you know something that I realized during this conversation is like I've kind of got so far like I'm so deep in what I'm doing that I kind of forgot where how it all started and where it all started and my friend was asking me these questions and if you listen to all the podcasts you'll know this friend because he's the one that I had a conversation with last time and that led to me creating the purpose tea he was the one who came up with that metaphor about you the purpose in your life is kind of like a ski rope pulling you out of all the things that would typically worry you. And instead of having these things worrying you, you're so dead focused on the fucking purpose of what you're doing that you just, you don't really worry about it, you know? And he's actually, I told him about that this morning. He was telling me where he got that theory from and now he's going to send me the book that he got the theory from in exchange for an actual purpose tea. So what a fucking weird, brilliant reality that I live in that I can do things like that. So I'm so grateful that we had that conversation. I'm so grateful that I have the uh, potential, the fucking endless imagination to put together what he gave me and, you know, the thing that I kind of do as far as like creating t-shirts and all the rest. And I had idea sex with those two ideas and created the purpose tea. And now it's out in production. It's a thing that exists and I can use it as a method of trading for other things that are going to only enlighten my life. How fucking marvelous to be a part of this, you know, but I'm not here to brag about that, which it kind of sounds like I did just then. What I'm here to say today is like a reminder because I say it all the time if you've got something that you want to go do then go do it but it's really hard to actualize what that means and turn it into something that you can actually like you know usable actions that you can do something about today you know and the thing that he kept coming back to is he goes like you know I've and I, I said to him I said to him you have enough digital ability you have enough like skills and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You have enough skills and usable kind of like attributes using a computer and specifically using software that people aren't good at that you really shouldn't be working at a cafe. You shouldn't be making coffee. You shouldn't be having a normal day-to-day job. And my belief is this is actually the majority of people, right? If you know how to have any sort of negotiation skills on a screen, meaning if you know how to copy and paste and use YouTube and send emails and you probably shouldn't be working a normal job. I don't know what you're thinking like, well, how do you make money online? Well, dickhead, if you can answer that problem, then you start making money, right? That's as simple as it is. And I feel like that combined with what I'm going to break down a little bit, you know, in a little bit is the essence of what I did, right? So the question is, how do you make money online? And the real silly answer is if you figure it out, then you don't need to have a normal job. Right, because essentially that's what I'm doing is I'm problem solving and making money online. That's what Black Ink is. I'm trying to figure out a way that I can create something that has enough hype and enough, you know, kind of coolness that people want to participate in it and be a part of the community and purchase their own to be a part of the community. Right. So I was explaining to him like, okay, so you know how to use Photoshop and you know how to use, you know how to edit videos and you know how to you know create pictures. You know how to use Illustrator. You know, and he goes, oh. I'd, Yes and no. And it's like, well, you know, you've got the program on your computer to begin with and you've got enough experience in it that you could build a portfolio for lack of better words. So there's no reason why you can't jump on Fiverr and start to freelance your skills and abilities and, you know, start to create some sort of side income, if not a a normal income, you know. And again, he goes like, yeah, but like, how do like, how do you actually start that? Like, what do you do? And Obviously, like I gave him like a real world example, but I think there's there's even a little bit more thought and effort that goes into it behind that. So what I wanted to do is create a bit, uh, just talk about kind of how I visualize that process would be, let's just say for me, if all of this got taken away from me, if Black Ink got taken away, my Instagram was deleted, my website pulled down, my domains taken down, I was back to zero, as in no assets, 
no finance, nothing. All I had was what you're looking at right now, maybe a phone, a computer, an internet connection, and power, right? What would I do from day one? And I think this question is incredibly easy and it's incredibly hard at the same time because it's kind of like a millionaire. If you said to a millionaire, if I took all of your money away from you, do you think you could make the money again? And 99% of the time, you're gonna say yes. It's the first million that's hard to make and every other million after that, you kind of it's not like you know the get rich quick code, but you know all the things not to do. You know the things to apply and employ straight away so that you can at least get the ball rolling. And you know, the answer that I came up with for my friend was very kind of broad, but also very specific. It was throw, fill your hand up full of as much shit as you possibly can and throw it all at the wall, right? And see what sticks, see what lands, see what sticks and see what starts to bring in a return. And again, super broad, super vast kind of definition of what you could do. But at the same time, I apply this to everything that I do. I apply this to my hobbies, I apply this to my thinking, I apply this to my personal life, I apply it to my business, and it's something that I still apply to my business now, even though I still have some sort of direction and kind of idea of what black ink is what I'm and what I'm trying to achieve. So what I mean by this is like, when you have absolutely nothing going on at all, you're in the most freeing position, right? You actually have all the like, I wouldn't say all the time, but you have all the energy and all the direction you can possibly take. All you have to do is kind of semi-decided direction. So with that, I like the idea that literally when you have nothing going, and this is the thing, like I always thought to myself, um, you know, if I didn't have a job and I had to come up with something, like I'd almost be excited in that. It's like, well, what, what do you want to fucking do and start heading that direction? Because the reality of any of this is, is that once you start heading that direction, all you have to do is be consistent and let time pass and that direction is going to take some shape. It's going to turn into something that you then learn about and you'll create some sort of hopefully an income around it, if not a job around, right? So with that, I said to him like, well, what, what would you ideally like to be doing in the future? What do you see yourself doing? And then when you have some sort of idea what that is, don't necessarily aim just for that, but try and broaden what that is and turn it into five different options and two different variables of those five different options, right? So when you throw 10 pieces of shit You've got five different options with two variables. You just get example of each of them, throw them all at the wall and see which one is interesting, see which one is fun, see which one has a fucking profit margin in it, see which one has a real world possibility to build a business plan around and start to like experiment and see what's going on and fucking do it, fucking do it. And like, that's the thing, like I was explaining to him, maybe you can go on Fiverr and freelance yourself like I mentioned just before, that's one option. So say one, say, you know, you go, okay, I want to be making money online in the future. That's the kind of thing that you see yourself doing in the future. And you go, right, I see myself working out of my house. I don't want to be working out of someone else's office or an office space. I don't, I don't see myself working out of a studio or anything. I see myself just using my laptop. So you go, cool, cool. Let's work on one of those options and two variables. So you might create a portfolio around still image, still images and create, you know, like 10 examples, chuck it up on, on Fiverr and say, right, I'm going to, I can edit photos, I can vectorize images, I can create logos, I can fix up logos, I can anti-pixelate things, right? And then also on Fiverr, you might make another profile or another job that you can do, which is video editing. And you go, I can make YouTube short clips, I can edit your podcast, I can create ads, I can do this, I can do that, you create a portfolio for that. So then all of a sudden, you've got one option with two variables on Fiverr and straight away, you'll be able to tell within the first week if people are gonna to respond to the ad that you've put up for the price that you're asking for based off the work that you've already done, right? So then you might go, okay, I see myself working in the future, you know, on my laptop and you know, not in someone else's thing, so you go, what else can I do? Right, look at somewhere that uses a lot of fucking picture editing and I'm only gonna come up with one more option because I don't wanna come up with these on the fly. I'm just saying this is how I kind of visualize potential, you know what I mean? This is how I visualize like, right, if I were in your position, these are the avenues that I would start to go down. So I go, right, where do I see a lot of photo editing, right? Where do I see things edited all the time? Okay, what about those posters? Like he lives in Melbourne, so you go, right, all around Melbourne, there's those massive posters for events that are gonna happen and all the rest. Well, who edits them, right? We'll find out who, who edits them, we'll find out like, so if we reverse engineer that, you might go, right, instead of looking for the big acts who are gonna be playing, who come up with those posters, maybe you start looking for some local acts where you go like, hey, are you playing a gig soon? Can I design a poster for you for free, 
right? Because at, at the moment, you're worth nothing. This is something that a lot of people forget. At the beginning of business, you're worth nothing. You need to build value in your brand, in your work, in your process before you can start to charge anything, before you can get like, you know, a bit greedy with it, which some people do. But so go find that band, right? They're playing in a month's time. Fucking awesome. Have you got some images I can work with? What's the theme? What colors do you find surrounding your band? That's all I need. Sweet. Go away. Give them that for free. Give them that for free. And when they go, oh, fuck, wow. You say, yeah, yeah, I can get 10 of these printed and put up somewhere for you. Just get whatever it costs at Officeworks to do that and say it costs $100 to do it, charge them 150 bucks so you cover your time as well. You go out, print them out, put them up, take photos, send them to them, and then you organize some sort of thing so when they go to the gig, you can get some sort of feedback from the people who come in, from the audience saying, did you hear about us from the poster one way or another? Or maybe you can you can ask them to put something on their Facebook page or their Instagram page, did you see our poster with a poll? So now you can start to create work and have feedback, have some analytics that you can use not only for that band in the future, but for other bands, right? And then you go, okay, but what's the second variable in that? You go, okay, cool. Are you guys going to be jamming anytime soon? Or do you have some videos from previous gigs? Maybe I can come and record you a little bit. We can get that stuff from previous gigs. Give me one of your tracks or give me a couple of your tracks that have been mastered. Let me mix up something that's a 30 seconds that you can use for a reel on Instagram. Here it is in portrait mode. Off you go. Chuck it on your Instagram and see your reach that you get on it, right? Do it all for free. There's two options with two variables in them each. Just like that. And yes, you do it all for free and you're like, oh, well, I can't make money out of that. Yeah, I know, dickhead, but you can in six months' time. And Steve, if you're watching this, I'm not talking directly to you. I'm saying in general, right? I think the thing that people fail to realize is the difference between you and your idea and someone else who has a very similar idea who goes and does it is the going and doing it. It's the execution. It's the not being scared to fail. It's not having that thing in your mind, well, what if I go wrong? What if all the people that I told look at me and go like, oh, well, I said I was going to do this and I didn't end up doing doing it. You know what? Fuck them. Fuck them. It's okay. This is you. This is your race. This is your life. You know, this is your reality that you're creating around yourself. And the only thing that you're going to have to show if you don't do this is a job that you have right now. You're still going to have that in six months time. So you may as well start doing something today, right now, you know? And the thing that I find is if you've got half a fucking gram of talent in your body, there is absolutely no reason that you shouldn't be utilizing it. And I mean, man, I'm pretty much, you know, word for word verbatim saying what Gary Vee says, like, man, find the thing that you're interested in and build a lifestyle around it. Take the thing that you like doing and, and you know, admittedly, a lot of people have no fucking idea what they like doing because they think their hobbies are based around like posting shit on Instagram and scrolling on TikTok, which surprise, surprise, isn't a hobby. That's an addiction, you know, or good, but it's an addiction. But go find something that you like doing and fucking look for the angles, you know, look for the fucking angles. And there really are angles in everything. And this is the thing, when you make it your job to problem solve, when you make it your job to critically think the situation you're in, you're always going to be able to find things that you can make money out of. It's as simple as that. And this is the thing, like I find like, let's let's use the, the, po the, the band poster, for example. I find that if people go, like for me, five years ago, you would have said like, oh, you want to be someone who designs stuff, go find a fucking band, but you know, right, right, everything I just said before. And you go like, yeah, but those people have been doing band posters. I've been doing it forever. It's hard to break into that. Blah, blah, blah. In all honesty, if you keep doing what you're doing and if you just stick to the thing that you like doing, you will create a lane for yourself and people will find you and celebrate it, right? So if you keep doing what you like doing and keep consistent at it, you will create that space for yourself. Because the people that you see that are doing these things for themselves, that's exactly what they did. See, we're living in a time now where everybody can share their art, they can share their skill and their passion in a way that it makes it look like, you know, they kind of got given something from God almost, where it's like, hey, this is for you, this is your thing, all you got to do is keep doing it and it will turn into something big. Well, the difference between now and ever before is the fact that we can share this information. The fact that you can look that person up on Instagram and almost use them as inspiration or a mentor for you to build your own thing, Right. So it kind of feels like if you're going to start your own thing, you're almost copying these other people. And in a way, I feel like maybe people are copying other people a bit. People are being a little bit too inspired by other people. But at the same time, as long as you don't copy them, you know, kind of fucking point for point for point for point, even if you let them be the inspiration for the first couple things you do and then just see what see where you naturally go, you know? Because, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I look at the things that I create with black ink and I'm like, it looks like it was created in clip art. I feel like anybody could fucking make what I make. But the reality is 
people don't see it like that. They see that as like, I've never seen anything like black ink before. I've never seen what you're doing in the way that you're doing it. And even though it seems like it's so kind of like imposterish to you, it seems like you're copying someone else. And even though I don't feel like I am copying someone else, I feel like the things I come up with are my own. But in a, in a weird way, I feel like they're almost tacky and what you would expect of me. Like if I was out of body of myself and looked at myself, I'd be like, well, that's obviously the thing that you'll make. Why don't you try something that kind of challenges you or, or like almost upsets you a little bit. But it, in reality... The more I lean into the thing that organically comes to me, the more success you're going to have. And here's a great example of it. So the other night I spoke to you in my last podcast about the seminar that I went to and they give us these colored textures and say, you know, like do your creative learning and draw things in different colors, which, oh my God, I could do a podcast on how fucking stupid that is. But anyway, not important. Are you ready? Um, and say the word at the end of this sentence. And then we make more. Profit. Hey, actually, I'm going to get into that again later on. Interesting. So the thing that I found is I brought my, my sheet home and I was like, I've always done what I did on that sheet as far as like, I can see in my mind on that page, the different sections of it. And then like before I've started, and then I start to fill out or put information on it or doodle or whatever you want in these different sections. And it's always separated and you can always tell where the sections are, but it's never separated by line sort of thing. And I think it looks messy, but it makes sense to me. And Riz looked at it and she goes, oh, like you're like, you're the way you organize things on a page is really neat. And like, well, I'd just be shit all over the place and that sort of thing. And, I, and that again, kind of hones in on what I'm saying in that, like, to me, it looks like I've just fucking spewed on the page with these three different colors, just bullshit everywhere. And she's like, oh, it's so like neat and organized. Like it looks kind of nice sort of thing. And it's like, that is exactly the point that I'm making. You know, I... I forever have seen the Black Ink logo. And even though it wasn't my fucking, um, what do you call it? Like, it wasn't my my work, essentially. Like, it was my ideas coming together. But because I didn't design it, but I've seen it so much, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's kind of, it just is what it is. But still to this day, you get people saying, like, that's a fucking cool logo, you know? So it's just one of those things where I feel like sometimes we trip ourselves over because we think that what we're creating is like too similar to something else or it's, or, or it's too kind of obvious to us that that's what it would be. And we try and make these bizarre kind of like, not things that scare us, but things that impress us. You know what I mean? We expect to be wowed by our own work the same way we're wowed by somebody else's work. And all the time we forget that that's somebody else's work. They kind of feel like an imposter when they create it. Or they might be coming with 5, 10, 15 years experience. And they are making something that challenges them that they know also looks good. But they have that ability to create something that challenges them because they've done the reps. They've done all that work to get to a point where they're like, right, I know these colors work together. I know these letters work together. I know this font looks nice with this. I know how to weigh things up properly so it makes sense to the eye. You know, so I think... One of the things that I really honed in on was like, stop letting, and like he, he said to me, he goes, he goes, you know, one of the things that really holds me back is like, I don't understand how, you know, paying tax and, and offsetting stuff and being able to put tax aside and whether you do it quarterly or yearly. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you know how to, what camera do you have right now? And he goes, oh, I've got the Sony fucking da, 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 whatever it was. I said, cool. So to five years ago, did you know how to use that? And he said, oh, no, I guess not. I said, right. So why did you ever buy it? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Why the fuck are you worried about how much tax you're going to pay when you're not making any money yet? Right? Let yourself figure out the problems that you got to figure out right fucking now. Worry about the things that are hurting you right now. If you're making $10,000 right now, sure, we'll talk about how to fucking not pay too much tax or how to offset or how to kind of carry it or whatever you want to talk about. But right now, we're not talking about that. Right now, we're talking about throwing shit at a wall. Right now, we're figuring out what it is you're actually going to find enjoyment out of before you even turn it into a business, you know? And this is the thing. People are scared to make five-year plans. People are scared to bet on themselves that they're even going to live that long. I feel like people are scared to bet on the world lasting another five years. But the fact is, is if it doesn't last, then your plan was still for something. And if it does last and you didn't make a plan, you're just going to be in the same position that you're in right now. So you may as well make a plan, right? Like... This is, the, this, is the, this is the part that, that I like is like you get to pretend like the world is going to go exactly how you want it to go and make a plan for that. And then furthermore, you get to make little adjustments if you think something's going to go wrong to protect yourself, right? So let's say you don't know how to do all your tax and all the rest and that's the reason why you don't want to go into business. 
You go, sweet. My plan is I'm going to have a turnover of say, you know, I mean, sometimes it's hard to figure out whether you're making a plan or whether you're making goals. And I mean, typically you make a goal and then you make a plan to adhere to that goal. So you say, my goal is to make $15,000 turnover in my, in my six month of operation, whatever I'm doing. So then you go, right, if I need to do that on my six month, $15,000, it probably means I need to be doing about 12,000 or 10,000 a turnover in my fifth month probably about 8,000 in my fourth month, 6,000 in my third month, and you work it down, right? So then you start to go, right, that means I need $1,000 in my first month of turnover. That means I've got to make a plan to be able to do that, which is $250 a week every week, which breaks down to this much a day. This is the product or the skill or the service that I'm selling, which means that I need to translate that into whatever the profit margin is for that day, which means I need to be working eight hours a day from the first day to, you know, so you can start to see that that goal then turns into a broken down plan. And if one of your fears is like, I'm not gonna know the accounting and taxation or the rest side of it, well bro, once we get to $15,000 a month, we have something to worry about as far as taxes is concerned. We'll start thinking about learning that shit three months in, right? We haven't even talked about what you're gonna do yet. How you're gonna make that money, how you're gonna monetize this skill or this, this asset of yours or what you're gonna create to sell, right? So this is the thing again, like that worried of being like, how do I fucking tax and all the rule, bro? It's not, not even a problem yet, dude. I'm fucking making real money. I'm not worried about the tax side of things yet because I know that that's one of those things that I'll worry about that problem when I come to that problem. And also I'm not making anywhere near enough money to fucking worry about that problem, right? And obviously like, I don't know, I got turnover, I'm doing the damn thing. But at the same time, like, I feel like you need to be having $10,000 turnover a month before you really start being concerned about like, right, where's my money actually going? How, what am I spending? Where are my expenses? What are the categories and all the rest, you know? Now, one thing I did want to touch on as well, and I kind of touched on it before, is a thought that I had following the seminar that I went to the other night. So just in case you're not up to speed, let's, let's catch you up real quick. So I go to this seminar held by the Entrepreneurial Business School of Australia, which is a 90-minute seminar, which we attended for free. They got got our um, enrollments through Facebook advertising and all the rest. And obviously, like you say you want to go on the ad and then you sign up and then they call you a week later and then a week later you go to the seminar and then following the seminar, they try and you know squeeze money out of you one way or another. So the thing that kind of got me straight away was I went in there, if I'm really honest, the thing that got me straight away was how poorly this guy was dressed. His belt didn't match his shoes, his pants didn't match his jacket, and then he was wearing like just a chill top, like a button-up top underneath with no tie or anything. It's like, are you in business or what are you what are you doing? And the bloke who owns the company, by the way, I'm going off the deep end here about some shit that really doesn't matter, hear me out. The dude who owns the company, he's in the brochure and he's on the fucking, the opening video where the person's speaking like 20% too slow and as if you're fucking stupid. But he was wearing those fucking pointy shoes about this long, fresh out of 2002. Hey, bro, I'm assuming that you're charging commission on every single fucking student that you've got. So if you're charging commission and you're bragging about having over like 6,000 students, get some fucking better shoes. Get some dress sense about you, man. Like, honestly, bro, you could wear Nikes at the bottom of your fucking suit and it would look more fashionable than what you're doing right now. Dude, it looks like he's fucking... Man, I'm not going to get into it. What I'm saying is, is like, if you want me to fucking respect you and get my attention, then don't get it by wearing pointy shoes. It's just not... It's They were like fucking pointy crocodile skin shoes. Like, dude, I get you're in business, but you're not that far away from fucking fashion, are you? Jeez. Okay. So, what was the point I was making? Yeah, so right, they sit us down, right? And it was fucking whatever 30 is divided by, no, no, I think there was eight eight chairs in the row and that was like, you know, eight, 16, 32. So there's like, yeah, there was, I don't know how many chairs there were. The point was there was 30 people in there. We had a chair and on the chair was a fucking folder, had the pieces of paper and the texts in there. So I go and sit down at the front. And the reason I sit down at the front is because I know that if I have someone sitting in front of me, I spend more time thinking about the person in front of me than I do than what's going on in the classroom, right? So I sit at the front and on the right-hand side. Unfortunately, he spent the whole time at the front on the left hand, on the right-hand side of the stage, which was his left. So he was pretty much directly in front of me and talking to me the majority of the time. That's important. So next to me is a floor-to-ceiling window that looks out, like I'm in the Bunbury Regional Entertainment Center, 
And that looks out over the fucking inlet there. So you've got the new skate park being built. You've got one of the main roads that has heaps of, you know, it's one of the main arteries in and out of town. So you've got the roundabout. There's heaps of shit going on. You know what I mean? And pretty much instantly from the moment I sat down, I was looking out the window. Looking out the window. And until the seminar actually started, I was thinking about things going on and counting the amount of blue cars that drove past and trying to figure out, well, if they've done that much work and that much time on the skate park, then how much time is left versus the projected outcome and does it all make sense? And I wonder like, oh, I watched this Ute pull in and he, and he pulls up and like, as he was going into the car bay, I was predicting whether or not he was going to reverse park in or just keep on pulling in. And I thought he was going to reverse park and fucking butter bing, I was right. Cause that's a shit that's really fucking important to me. Whether someone I don't know is going to reverse into a car bay that I can't see, you know, super important. And then he started talking and I don't know, like, this is a weird situation because I find that like in a situation like that, where someone is going to teach me. Like I need you, I need to respect you if you're going to teach me, right? But that, that's not what this is about. But what, what I'm saying is, in this particular circumstance, I need to know that you're worth me listening to before I start listening to and, and listening to you. And this is the thing: when your shoes don't match your belt, it's really hard to respect you. You know, it is really hard because it's not that they should match; it's more that they should not not match. It shouldn't be something that like my, I would rather you not wear a belt and your pants be halfway down your ass with a shirt tucked in looking fucking poxy than not matching your belt to your shoes because bro, are you a child? You know, are you a child? I'm colorblind and that does not match, right? All good. So I start glossing up in my head thinking about like, you know, maybe he doesn't, maybe he wore the wrong belt or maybe he fucking you know, had to wear those shoes or maybe he had to buy them as he came into town because he forgot his shoes at home. Like I'm trying to like come up with some sort of reason, you know? And then I go straight into like, oh, so he's got those, one of those big clipboards with the paper that he puts out. And, and like, I can see through the first sheet under the second sheet where he's written commitment 100%. And I'm thinking like, well, why didn't you put the 100% at the top? So it said 100% commitment and it makes sense. And also, are you actually using a fucking paper pad with shit you've got written on there as like part of your demonstration when you're also using a clicker for the PowerPoint. And then also the PowerPoint is one of those things that when he got started, he's like, well, before I get started, I'm going to play you a little video and rah, rah, rah. And anyway, here it is here. And then clicks the button and he goes, oh, if we can get it, you know, his insecurity step in because it didn't work straight away. And then he starts talking over the video that's playing. It's like, bro, just let the fucking technology do the technology. Okay. All good, but shut the fuck up, you know? And then I realized all of this was going on in my head. Like this dude's maybe said 20 words, 20 words in the past, like, I don't know, fucking 10, 12 minutes I've been sitting there. And I've been so concerned about everything except the thing that I'm there for. And I was like, hey, bro, you chill the fuck out. Okay, just need to relax. So I sit back in the seat and he starts talking about the file. We watch the video, we get the file. And then he's like, yeah, there's three different colors in there. And I'm like, cool. So you gave me three different colors and two of them are pretty much the same tone of pink and red. Like, how about you fuck me a little harder? You know, all good. Give me three different colors, but two of them are the same. Whatever. It's all good. I'm not upset. I'm just saying you gave me three different colors and two of them are pretty much the same color. Right. So I'm mad. But that's not even part of it, you know, because I'm chilled out. I'm listening to whatever he's got to say. I'm already planning that if there's a break, I'm just going to fucking throw his folder in the bin and just fucking out the gate and, you know, not have any explanation. Cause I don't, this is the thing. Like when you're in a situation like that and you're like, Oh, I'm backed into a corner here that I have to kind of like fuck my way out of. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You know what I mean? And like, I didn't want to say to him, you know, like, Hey man, I can see through what you're doing right now. And even though you may be able to give my business all the help in the world, I don't trust you. I don't trust this organization that you work for. The whole approach you've done this in, I don't appreciate. And I don't know a better way to do it, but that's also not my problem to solve. So I just want to go, you know? I don't want to have that conversation because I'm not here to offend anyone. I don't want to disrupt what you're doing. Obviously, it works for you. You've made a career out of it and an income, enough money to fucking buy mismatching shoes and belts. Who am I to get in your way at this point? But also, I want to go home, pat my dog, eat food and get stoned. You know what I mean? So just respectfully, but there wasn't a fucking break. And of course, it goes for an hour and a half. So they're expecting that adults are able to give that amount of attention, you know? So I'm still sitting there. I'm doing the damn thing where... 
you know, pretending like we care about each other sort of thing. I'm listening to him and he's telling me the information that obviously was brought down from the heavens specifically for me. That's how they make you feel, you know? And uh, I kept on realizing that like, I can't sit still. I can't write down the information that he's putting up on the board because I don't take it seriously. And also like the stuff that he's telling me is like, man, they give you these dot points to evoke emotion in you, to make you feel a particular way and then expect you to take notes on these doc points that are like contextual to your business. I'm guessing that would be the smart thing to do if they're not contextual just to take notes in general. And the part that pisses me off is like, these notes are fucking useless without any information to back them. You know what I mean? These are all just like hype words that you're giving to us. You're giving us a bizarre example that if we could apply it to our business would create more revenue and thus more profit. But at the end of the day, it's not like I can take these notes home and they're gonna fucking help me. And also, if anyone is taking any of these notes down to take them home to help them, do you know how the fuck YouTube works? Like, honestly, the problems that they're solving in your business, you can just YouTube those questions and get very fucking plausible answers. And most of the time, you can get them so contextual to your business because someone will give you an answer to it that is related to the business that you're in or related to the industry that you're in. So the part that like throttles me is like, just what the fuck, you know? Like, what the fuck are we doing? And then it clicked. I'm in a classroom. Do you know the last time I felt like this was when I was in school? It's when I was in school. And then a bigger picture started to open for me. And I realized that I felt the same way about this guy as I did 90% of my teachers. And I had fucking heaps of teachers changing schools, you know, obviously through high school, you had a different fucking teacher for every subject, all this shit, all of them, all of them I had the same feeling. You know, I can tell you the fucking three, Mrs. Dolman, Mr. Ryan, and yeah, that's probably it. You know, that's like those teachers were the ones who kind of took me seriously and gave me enough leeway and enough respect, enough like responsibility to be like, you know what, Jake, we get it that you're a fucking, you're a nuisance, you're disruptive, but in your own way, if we just let you go, you get everything done. You always get everything done. That was a problem that I had in school. It wasn't that I didn't get my work done. It said the cunt sitting next to me never got their work done because I was so busy like winding them up or trying to get a re reaction from them or trying to fucking make them laugh or something, you know? And then I realized like, oh, the thing that I used to, and like I've talked in the past before about how much I hate people who fucking, oh, I've got OCD or I've got ADD. No, you've got a fucking, you've got an attention problem. It's not getting enough of it from other people. So now you take these acronyms you think you know anything about and just self-diagnose yourself and then move forward using that as an excuse to either get into or out of situations that suit you, you know? So I'm not going to say that like, oh, you know, the schooling system really doesn't suit me and, and like I'm someone who fucking responds better from on the job sort of work and I like learning with my hands rather than with my ears. Unfortunately, that's the case, right? And like, it's a little bit fucking egotistical for me to say right now, sitting here going like, well, you know, look at me, I've got a business and all the rest. Cause at the end of the day, I'm not making enough money to survive. I'm making enough money to keep my business afloat, but I'm not making enough money to, you know, fucking mortgage a house or to, you know, if anything happened to like Louie or, or like Larissa or my parents or anything, like I would be leaning on someone to pay for that. I, I'm not in a position where it's like, look, I'm a millionaire and I did it all myself from fucking hands on learning. What I can say is, what I can say is, is I built enough of a business with Black Ink, which includes learning Photoshop, learning Illustrator, learning Shopify, learning how to communicate properly, learning social media, which is Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. I learned how to market myself. I learned how to promote my product. I learned how to create podcasts and like I taught myself how to speak clearly and to communicate ideas with an audience who I am now getting feedback from so I know that it's landing and I know things that work and don't work. I got myself to a point that I can justify spending thousands of dollars on production equipment like a screen printer, getting myself a heat press, getting myself stock and everything that you need to do this so much so that now I can produce all of my own teas, either myself or in town. I did all of that myself through on-the-job learning, through having a passion for something and going out and physically doing it. I got put in a classroom for 90 minutes and before the seminar got started, I'm picking apart the teacher because, and this is the weird part, the part of me that picks apart the teacher is the critical thinking aspect. It's the problem-solving aspect. It's the part of me that is breaking apart the puzzle just so that I can see all the lines in between the pictures of the, of the jigsaw puzzle pieces. Do you understand? It's the fact that like, 
I take a situation and break it up into as many pieces as I can so that I can understand each of the pieces and then put it back together and then say, okay, I get that. I get that, right? And that's what I do in a classroom setting because I can't do anything with my legs. I can't do anything with my arms. I'm a student who has to face forward like every other motherfucker in here. So I'm not even an individual anymore. I'm part of a group. And then you expect me to take information in while my mind is going 200% quicker than what this fuckhead is ever going to be able to talk. Listen to me. I've recorded for 35 minutes and I've said like half a million words in this podcast. That's my brain's gone triple, quadruple the speed of that because I'm coming up with ideas before I say them. And that's the same as when I'm sitting in this classroom. So he's saying shit that is like fucking rudimentary fundamental things that people should know before they even think about going into the in, into business for themselves. And yet somehow I'm meant to lap it up like a dog around a fucking water bowl and, you know, be excited about giving him money at the end of this seminar to hopefully become one of his students. So are you fucking serious, bro? Dude, I'm not even attacking what you're saying right now. It's just that this setting, this setting is fucking ridiculous. You know, and man, like I said, ask me the the proper way that 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 message or that information should be conveyed. And I don't know. But the point is, is it's not my problem to solve. The thing to remember is Black Ink is my business in selling T-shirts, producing and selling T-shirts and having a lifestyle brand and creating products that people want to buy. His business is recruiting new people and then getting their businesses so that he can coach them onto new and better things. And please. Understand, I'm not bashing the fucking Australian entrepreneurial school. I'm not having a shot at this dude or the guy who wears a fucking snakeskin leather shoes that could like... <laughs> yeah, I'm not attacking them at all. All I'm saying is, is like, it just really doubled down on the fact that I am not built to learn in a classroom. I am, it just does not work with me. You know what I mean? And like, why the fuck did I pick the seat right in front of him? I mean, man, he, I, I was literally like borderline drawing, you know, cock and balls on my page because I was just like, yeah, 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 you create more leads and that creates more revenue, which gives you a higher profit and then you can use that profit. Like, are you fucking see, Of course that's... If, whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. Just interesting that like the thing that I found from all of that was the fact that like that feeling that I had in school where it's just like, man, I don't belong here. I've been to enough schools, both public and private, to know that this setting doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I understand this cunt sitting next to me, he seems to make it work for them. And this person over here, maybe not as good, but it seems to work for them as well. So how come the person on your left and the person on your right can figure it out, but you can't? And my answer is because I'm fucking different. You know, because I'm fucking different, Mr. Santa Maria. Hmm? Yeah, shots fired. No one even knows who that is, unless you watch that episode from... I think that's also episode seven, Critically Thinking Brilliant Men. I told the story about Mr. Santa Maria, who used to wear the Hawaiian shirts and made me cry all the time. And then one day, he fucking... I did something wrong. And then, like, as I started to cry, I was like, oh, yeah, bring on the waterworks. Yeah, cunt, I'm fucking seven or eight years old. I cry when I'm upset. That's how it works. That's how you repress male emotions, dickhead. Now I'm going to grow up bottling shit up for years at a time and then end up stabbing someone on the freeway who fucking cuts me off. Are you happy, Mr. Santa Maria? You feel good about wearing your fucking Hawaiian shirts? Suck me. You understand? Yeah, apparently I've got something in there I'm a bit worried about. A bit fucking built up about, hey? Ah, I tell you what, though. I fucking had a terrible day yesterday. So let's talk about this screen printing. Have you going to... You should have told me I had a fucking hair off. Now you're going to rewind a bit to see if I actually did. I don't think I did. Anyway, so yesterday I had my first official day screen printing and what an experience. So I have, um, I feel a little bit guilty actually because what I did was, if we look at the whole timeline, the way it works, I found out about the screen printer like two months ago and then... How did it work? So I found it like two months ago and I think between finding out about it and getting it took like six weeks, you know? And like in that time, the people who I bought it off, they were on holiday for a week or two weeks, whatever it was. The point was, oh, I'm sorry. Once I actually got the screen printer, I was going to go and buy $600 worth of freight, uh, of, of blank apparel um, from my wholesaler because if you go over $600 you get the freight for free. 
And as I found out, the freight is $20 no matter how much you buy. So you may as well just get the amount that you need sort of thing. And I was talking to one of my mentors. I said, hey man, and it was actually off his advice from the last time we spoke that I got this production equipment because he's like, man, you just need to drive the production costs of what you do down so that you've got more options to do things with that merch as in get it into shops or get it to events, whatever it might be. And the ultimate way to do that is to not outsource everything. It's to do it all in-house. So I caught up with him again. This is months later. And I said, man, I've got a fucking screen printer. I've got a heat press. I've got a list. And I'm going to go buy $600 worth of stock. He goes, $600? It's like, he knows how much these this shit's worth. He goes, you're going to have so much stock. Like, are you going to be able to sell all of that? I said, yeah, yeah, in time. He goes, well, why don't you just buy the stock that you need? I said, well, I don't know what I'm going to need for the next two weeks, man. Like, uh, I don't know it until I've ordered it. He goes, okay, so sell them and then buy it. So, okay. So that's where the, I mean, understand, I'm being 100% transparent with you. I, I, it's not like I'm trying to fucking stooge you out of anything, but I mean, this is the, the reality behind the business that I'm running. I said reality then. I hate that. The reality, the reality, the reality. Yeah, there's no hyphen in there. So I fucking... That's when I created this well. The first 20 prints that I do are not going to be the best prints. They're going to be me essentially learning how to screen print. So that's when I jumped on Instagram and Facebook and my website and I said, hey, I've got myself a screen printer. These first 20 prints I'm doing, I'm selling them as the first 20 prints. They're going to come with an official thing on the inside that say, this is number print four of 20 and five of 20 and one of 20. And you can own a slice of black ink history because I undoubtedly am going to print thousands of shirts on this screen printer, but if you want one of the first 20, one of the first official 20 that are certified the f- one of the first 20, you can buy them. So I put them up for sale and fucking six hours later, they're all gone, all right? So I knew I needed 20 of those tops. So then I jump on and I order my 20 tops and I ordered, I actually think I ordered about 40 things. So I got like a couple of jumpers and a few things that I wanted to see what they would look like and a few things that I could practice on. And I also got a spare of each of the sizes just in case you make a fuck up sort of thing. So, you know, Bob's your uncle. They take, uh, I think I ordered them maybe like the day after I had all the orders or a couple days after that sort of thing. And because it was my first order with this wholesaler, it takes, you know, a bit of fuckery time. So I think it's three days later it gets dispatched and then Star Trek gets it here within three days sort of thing. And then I get them and then I've got to give them to, like I get them on the Friday, I get them to my seamstress on the Monday or Tuesday. I think it was the Monday. She sews all the black ink tags into the back for me. I get them back on the Tuesday. And then obviously today is Thursday, yesterday was Wednesday, so I got them back on the Tuesday night. Yesterday was the first time I actually had the screen printer, the tees with the tags in them, the ink, and all the fucking sundries you need to do the job. So I was, and like I have a mentality or I have the agreement with myself, anything that needs to be done in the business, if you can do it right now, do it right now. Because if you leave it till tomorrow, it never gets done. Never gets done. Doesn't even matter if you add it to a list. If you have the ability to do it right now, do it and do 100% of the job. And if you don't do 100% of the job, leave everything out in such a manner that you have to trip over it because then you'll end up getting it done quicker, right? So following my rules, I didn't want to print on these tees until they had the tag sewn in the back because I don't want the prints to be, I don't want any reason for the prints to go off. So I make sure that they've got the tags beforehand and now they've got the tags and I've got all the shit. I'm like, right, well, today's the fucking, you know, I got them on the Tuesday night and, you know, got them at Tuesday night, six o'clock. So I know Tuesday, 6.01 at night, I'm like, well, I got to do the printing tomorrow because tomorrow is going to be the first day. I have everything together. I'm going to execute it, right? So then obviously yesterday, I've got my, my normal fucking jobs that I've got to do. I've got to post in the morning. I've got to fucking this, record a podcast, that, go see this person, drop that off, rah, rah, rah. And then in the afternoon, I'm going to do my screen printing. So... I was having, I actually caught up with a friend yesterday and we went for a big long ride, had coffee at Paper Out Coffee, um, which is owned by Martin Fraser, a local. If you know, oh, what's his brother's name? Was it Andrew Fraser? I think he does, oh, I not think he does heaps of um, like artistic sort of stuff. He's done heaps of murals and he's involved with heaps of art programs with, um, with like educational places around here and all the rest. So Martin's his brother and he opened this Paper Out Cafe at... Uh, what's it called help me out come on you know the answer fuller co-op which is on dodson road in halifax and man you he he never not hits this coffee is fucking brilliant this dude's a coffee nut and like i went there with craig who owns um townhouse coffee 
uh, townhouse, the fucking cafe. And man, like uh, Craig being Craig, he's 10 times into coffee than what I am. You know what I mean? Like he, he fucking knows his coffee. I'm happy to drink Macca's fucking instant coffee. I just, yeah, I won't drink like dome coffee or whatever, but still, you know what I mean? So we go there for fucking good coffee. Anyway, point was we went for this big long ride in the morning and even communicating with Craig, I felt like I was a little bit trapped. I feel like I couldn't really have opinions. I couldn't really say what I wanted to say. And my mind wasn't even coming up with the big ideas that it usually comes up with. You know, when someone says something and your mind goes like, here's an idea, say this, you know? So I wasn't even having that. I was kind of responsive rather than reactive to, to the whole conversation. And when I came home, I fucking, <laughs> I tried to record a podcast. I got 10 minutes into it. No, not even that. I tried to record the podcast straight away because I like to do it in the morning. And I got a minute in and I was just like, I fucking hate this, you know? And then I recorded another one and got 10 minutes into it. And literally like, I was on this topic that I was trying to like, I kind of dug a hole with this topic and I was standing in the hole and like looking around going like, this is a dumb topic and I'm saying the same thing over and over. And literally at like the 10 minute mark, I'm like, well, I'm just going to fucking start this podcast again. (laughs) And then I ended up recording 42 minutes of like mediocre content, you know? If a really great podcast is a 10 in my books, this was a four. And obviously this week I've only posted one podcast out of the four days so far. And part of me gets really like, fuck, you know, like that's four fucking days we could have posted a podcast. But this is episode number 49. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm no longer part of this doing something like this, especially like the podcast is like, I have to convince you that I'm serious about this as much as I have to convince me, probably convince me more so, so that when I go to do it, I can, I can say, no, I'm a podcaster. I record things. I speak to the camera. I'm confident. I have ideas and I project my ideas and I back them up and I'm a motherfucker, right? I need to be able to say that. I'm at episode 49. I don't like, I don't doubt myself. And as an audience, I would expect that you can see it's episode number 49 and go, well, he's got 48 episodes under his belt. So I can assume a certain amount of information, content, entertainment is going to come out of this podcast. So you then go down that path. And I I take this new confidence that I have, this budding confidence, I should say, that I have, and I let it be the fuel to say, you know what? I'm not happy with that podcast. I'm happy to bin 45 minutes. I'm happy to bin an hour and a half of yesterday's time and energy and all the rest because I don't want the perception of a of an average podcast to be say if you're listening to this for the first time and you're like fuck are all the podcasts this kind of like dull and repetitive and talking about the same thing or is this what I should expect from Jake or is this what Black Ink is about so now I go less kind of attention on like just post it just post it just post it and I really aim to make that quality hitting fun, you know, entertaining, cool podcast. And I think I've definitely spoken in the past before about creating podcasts and just being like, I deleted it, I didn't post it, whatever. But like, I definitely have posted podcasts in the, you know, recent history where I've been like, you know what, it's not my best work, but it is my work and I will post it. Yesterday was just not fucking good. It was not even my work. And you know something? After I tried doing the, after I had my fucking 30 podcast attempts yesterday and came up with 45 minutes of content, which at the time I thought I was going to use, right? At the time I thought I was going to use it. You know what I did? I went and did the screen printing. Now the difference between all the rehearsal screen prints that I've done and the screen prints that I did yesterday, the ones that I did yesterday, they're going to be on customers' backs. They're the first ones. So I talk about, you know, the first 20 hand printed screen, the first 20 hand screen printed tees. I did four of those yesterday. For the first time, I used my screen printer to create a product that I'm going to sell. So the anxiety that was built, I did it again. I put a fucking hyphen between ang anxiety. What the fuck, bro? I should just do it now, like, you know, moving forward so that people who watch this episode know that I'm doing it ironically. It's like, man, I started to, you know how people say like, yeah, right. You know how people say, yeah, right. Like someone says something, you're like, yeah, right. As almost sarcastically, dude, when I was 23, I started saying, yeah, right. As a joke, ironically, and it is somehow made its way into my normal everyday vocabulary. And now literally fucking, if not once a day, I will always like, someone will say something and be like, yeah, right. And it sounds like I'm taking the piss out of them. But because I say it with so much confidence, they're just like, that's fucking what he does. It's stupid. So 
this anxiety that I, you know, kind of put on myself as soon as I got these tops on six o'clock on Tuesday night being like, I know I've got to do that tomorrow. There's so many things that can go wrong. And also, this is the first time that I'm printing on blank, brand new, fresh tees that I paid for. So if you fuck them up, the only person that gets hurt is you, me. You know, you got to throw them out. That's on you. Oh yeah, but you can use it as a practice tee for next time. Whatever, man. I still can't fucking sell it and make money out of it. It still costs me money to get to this point. And at this point, I've just gone, gone and spent more money making this fucker. So once I fucking, and like, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably do. You would have seen, I I posted the story saying, well, this is it. I've got them all set up. I'm about to do it. And then I post another story an hour later saying like, here they are. I've done the screens and rah, rah. And it wasn't until like an hour after I'd finished everything up and cleaned everything up and went to the mate, uh, went to the fucking people that sold me the, the screen printer and took my screen and took some photos to them and said like, what do you think? What, you know, can you answer this, this and this question? Rah, rah. And I sat down, I had a big breath out and I just thought about it and I was like, everything before printing those shirts today was difficult. Everything was pushing shit uphill. Everything was like, had a knot in my stomach to go along with it. And then I realized I recorded this podcast in an anxious state. So whatever topic I hit, I was hitting it with this weird, like in my mind, I'm like, I'm hitting it with a shade of red when it should have been a shade of blue. Does that make sense? Like I'm attacking these situations instead of being a part of them. I was upset at things for a reason that didn't ever add up when I was talking about it. But the real reason was because I knew I had to go and produce these things, doing a skill that I'm completely alien to, that I'm coming in as green as you possibly can. And on top of that, on top of that, the people who sold me the screen printer, they said, when you do your first run, call us and we'll come around and help you. And I just didn't do that. I just decided that I would rather make the bigger mistakes and learn emotionally from them than to put the beacon out and say like, oh, I'm doing it and come help. And then they just come and do the whole thing for you and you end up not learning anything anyway. I was so bloody pent up about the fuck ups that I could potentially make that I let it affect everything in my day. And it's fine. I'm not saying that I'm going to do any better next time. I'm in a situation where I'm doing something for the first time, whatever. All I'm saying is I learned about myself. I can appreciate that I'm just a human doing human things. And like I say all the time, I don't have a boss. I don't have anyone telling me which direction I should go. I don't have anyone telling me when I fuck up going like, oh, well, you shouldn't do that again. I'm out in the fucking, I'm out in the abyss, bro. Gun fingers in the abyss, figuring it out. That's what I'm doing. So I didn't post a podcast this morning and that's why. Sorry, yesterday morning. But I, I did post a podcast this morning, which is it's this one that you're watching, that you're listening to. Anyway, I'm going to fucking check out because I've done 52 minutes of straight fucking fire. Spoken the quickest I've ever spoken, made some of the best points that I've ever made. And I know you've enjoyed it the most that you've enjoyed any of my podcasts. So what you need to do is go and tell your friends, tell your mum, post it on Facebook, share it, put it on Instagram, go follow BX Podcast on Instagram. Make sure you follow my TikTok. You subscribe to me on YouTube. Fucking write my name on your toilet wall just so you think about me every time you're taking a shit. That's all that matters, baby, because I'm fucking out. Yeah!